This season of Tub Talk is brought to you by Barracuda MSP. Every 11 seconds, there's a new ransomware attack. There are so many ransomware attacks that governments are now classifying them as terrorism. And it's not just big companies that are being targeted. Small and medium-sized businesses are becoming victims too. What are you as an MSP doing to help your clients from becoming the next victim? Barracuda MSP is here to help you ensure you and your clients are prepared and protected against the inevitable ransomware attacks. Let Barracuda MSP help you strengthen your ransomware protection plan. As a special offer for TubTalk listeners, visit barracudamsp.com forward slash TubTalk and receive a free first month on any subscription you start with Barracuda MSP. That's barracudamsp.com forward slash TubTalk and receive a free first month on any subscription you start with Barracuda MSP. Thanks to Barracuda MSP for helping bring you TubTalk. Now, on with the show. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Tub Talk, the podcast for IT consultants. Now, in this season of the podcast, we are interviewing the amazing women in tech, the ladies who are blazing a trail in the MSP industry. And my guest today is somebody that I've wanted on the show for the longest time. We've made it happen today. And I'm speaking to Nancy Sabino, who is the VP of Sales and Marketing for Cinetech Solutions. Now, Cinetech Solutions is an integrated outsourced IT department located in Texas. They bring enterprise-level IT managed services, consulting, and staff augmentation to businesses in the Addison, Texas area. Now, as well as being VP of Sales and Marketing, Nancy is a past president of the Board of Directors for Nerdy Girl Success, Inc., and she's been featured on the MSP 501 list and Women of the Channel. She's also been named a thought leader by Women of the Channel, and she's the host of the Business Plus Tech Equals Success podcast as well. In short, Nancy is somebody who is making great waves in the managed service space. I am thrilled that she's able to join us today. Nancy, welcome to Tub Talk. Hi. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I'm like so excited to be here. And um, seriously, it did take a little bit, but I am so happy that we're finally here. <laughs> I'm chuffed to pieces, as we'd say in the UK, to see you here. And we'll explore a little bit why it's taken us some time to get to this interview as we go forward. But um, I'm, you know, for, for listeners' benefit, is it going to be worth your while for the wait? So, for anybody who's not familiar with Nancy Sabino, tell me a bit about your journey to becoming VP of Sales and Marketing for Cinetech Solutions. Yeah, so that actually has, um, this may answer the question of why it's taken so long <laughs> to get <laughs> yeah. here. Um, so I uh, started off uh, earlier this year as the CEO of Sabino CompTech, which is the company that my husband and I founded in 2016. Um, prior to that, we had a, another company, which was a break fix company, and that's a whole other story I won't get into. But um, essentially, uh, earlier this year um, in August, we were acquired by Cinetech Solutions, and um, that uh, brought me to the role that I have today, which is the VP of Sales and Marketing. Um, and solely because uh, sales and marketing ended up being one of my passions within my MSP and uh, which is strange out of an MSP, uh, but that's, that's how we got here. And so uh, bringing what I did with Sabino CompTech to Cinetech Solutions uh, is going to be part of my role going forward. So I'm excited for that. It's super exciting. Give us a, uh, you know, we talked about Sabino CompTech the background there. Tell me a bit about the history of the company and how you are sort of um, arrived at where you are today. Yeah, so um, when I'm gonna start way back uh, at 22, my husband and I started our first company, uh, which was the Break Fix Residential Shop. And um, in 2015, I went through a program called Goldman Sachs to Thousand Small Businesses, and throughout that program, I kind of realized uh, we're going in the wrong direction. We're spinning our wheels, um, trying to do more than um, what we're getting paid for, ultimately speaking. Mm -hmm. And so we transitioned the business to the MSP model. Um, we went from it was literally closing our doors for the residential and then closing our doors to the break fix and focusing on a niche. Um, so 
compliance focused, um, only one service offering through the MSP. And we did not do projects or anything outside of our bubble, um, our clients. And so uh, from 2016 until 2021, we grew tremendously. And um, through the marketing and branding that we were putting out there, I think other MSPs uh, kind of paid attention to that, including some that became friends and mentors of mine. And uh, that's how we arrived to where we are today. <laughs> that's fascinating. So you and I uh, shared a similar journey. You know, I went through residential when I first started my IT business. Then I moved in, you know, break fix with businesses and then gave all of that up and moved to the managed service model. And I did that exclusively. I'm fascinated, though, how you said you did nothing outside of your niche, nothing outside of your bubble. I know a lot of MSPs listening to this are going to be like, whoa, we're going to be leaving so much business on, on, the, uh, on the table if we don't do that. What would your response be to them? Uh, you are not leaving so much money on the table. Um, what you're leaving is what I like to call as bad money because, um, you know, not all money is worth the same dollar uh, amount. So what for us, we concentrated on efficiency and by being able to stay within our niche, we were able to build those efficiencies and those systems in place that allowed us to do a lot more with a lot less. And so we were small MSP, but we were doing a lot more and our capacity was greatly increased because of the efficiencies we were putting in place, not just within our MSP, but within our customers, because we were able to stay within that niche. And so everybody needed the same things. We were able to implement things across the board and it worked um, not only for us, but also for the customers. Yeah, I think it is super smart and probably a lesson for anybody listening to this who's on the fence about going into a niche or a vertical. It can be a really powerful way to accelerate your growth. To put it into perspective, um, Sabina CompTech, how many people um, did you have within the business just before the sale? Four. Four people. And Four. The, the merger has gone through now. Um, how many people within the, uh, the combined business? 20. 20. So quite a jump. Uh, yes. Perhaps we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about what it's like to be part of that sort of a, a bigger machine now. But I'm intrigued. How did the sale to or the merger with Cinetech, how did that go about? Um, how Actually, did it come about? Be- Sorry, we would be 25 because I didn't count the four of us going into the 20. I think, um, I think you can be yeah. forgiven for getting the numbers. How did the uh, the sale, uh, the merger with Cinetech come about? What did the process look like for you and your team? Oh, um, <laughs> so let, first, first and foremost, I think the process began when we started the MSP. Um, one of the things that I had in mind that that first time a lesson learned from the previous time uh the previous business was starting with the end in mind and so i knew that the goal would be to sell and i didn't know when that would happen i didn't know if it was going to happen um but that was the end that i wanted to get to and so Everything that we did um, at the very beginning was building that foundation to be able to sell um, and to be attractive in a sale. And so um, from documentation to processes being uh, built in place to where uh, my husband and I, although we were in the business day to day, our roles were created in a way that we could step out and somebody else could step in. Um, and so that those were very important aspects to um, building the MSP uh, in a way that, you know, getting to this point of the merger and the sale, somebody saw that and said, oh, we could just take it plug and play and keep going. And that's essentially what has happened. Um, And now with this merger, we're building some of the systems that we had in place at Sabino with Cinetech and um, merging some of the ideas that we had to begin with. And so that's did I answer the question or did I just go? Oh, <laughs> a perfect answer. And, and, but for the benefit of listeners, you know, Sabi, um, Nancy and I are on video here and I'm nodding furiously along because your journey, again, very similar to mine that I built with, um, uh, I built my MSP business, hugely systemized, all process driven, 
I took all the information out of my head and put it into systems because even though I didn't want to sell the business at any point, I knew that if I did, I wanted it to be almost like a turnkey solution for somebody to come in. So it sounds as though you've built, you built, you know, something very, very similar to that. Yes. And that was something that, um, you know, again, starting with the end in mind was very important to me. And then the pieces in between realizing that it's not just systems and processes for the operations of the business, but also financials, um, which is very important, making sure that you are able to quickly answer any questions and or input you know, how much of your business is MRR and how much, how much is it non-recurring? Those, those pieces have to be built into your financials as well. And that's something that um, I made sure to look at when we were building the systems, not just in the operations, but the marketing and the sales and the financial part of the company. Yeah, super smart move. Because when you come to a merger, an acquisition, or even acquiring other businesses, it's all going to come down to the finances at the end of the day, isn't it? So, Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, there's going to be some people listening to this, and they say, oh, well, yeah, that's all well and good. But in my part of the world, you know, that doesn't apply or that's different. So uh, I know uh, Sabina Comptech, uh, based out of Houston, Texas. Uh, you're now sort of in the Addison, uh, Texas uh, region as well. I know Houston, Texas really, really well. I've got an affinity with the area. My best friend, who's a, a fellow Englishman, moved to Pearland many, many years ago uh, there, and I've spent an awful lot of time in Houston. But for anybody not familiar with your area, how would you describe the attitude of business owners out there? And have they got an appetite for managed services? Um, you know, I've seen it change over the years. Um, for sure, I think now we're encountering a lot more people that know what managed services is, whereas previously it was like, what is that? Um, and so that has started to change. But I think like any um, technological, you know, um, moments in time, there's the early adopters, there's the middle um, adopters, and then there's the late adopters. And so that's what I'm seeing within the business owners now. Um, the late adopters, because of COVID, are now saying, wait a minute, um, you know, what is this managed services stuff? And how come my friend's company is, you know, in the cloud already, and I'm struggling here? So I think it's definitely changing at a much faster pace, but um, yeah, definitely business owners are across the board. Um, and there's there's still quite a bit of businesses, um, depending on the stage that they're in within their business, are more on the break-fix side still, um, whereas businesses that are a lot more mature are um, more so the ones that know uh, what managed services are. Yeah, I can I can hear you. you've got a little friend there as well. <laughs> yes, I was wondering if you could hear her. <laughs> That's your little puppy. How old is she? She is um she's almost a year old. Uh she's a little Yorkie. Uh her name is Zelda. Oh, well, welcome to the show, Zelda. Good for you to join. <laughs> um, I noticed that you have often called yourself an outsourced IT department. We just mentioned managed services. It's a term that we use within the industry, but perhaps uh, our clients or businesses don't use so much. So calling yourself an outsourced IT department, is that a conscious decision based on your research? Yes, yes. Um, so one of the things that I love to do when it comes to the marketing aspect is um, I love to survey people and or um, just pay attention to how they're talking or describing our services and things like that. So that was something that came about based off of how our clients were describing us. Um, and so when they were talking to others, um, to other business owners or to friends or things like that, they didn't say, oh, this is my MSP or my managed services. They would say, this is my IT department. It felt bigger for them um, in the sense of they have this team available to them. So it it has like this almost ego driving aspect uh, where it feels good to have a big team. And um then on top of that, they it also felt like it was integrated. We were a part of their business. And so I 
kind of took that and ran with it because that's exactly the feeling that we wanted to to give to our customers is um, we are a part of your team. We are an extension of it. We're And we tell them this all the time. We're not in your office, but it's like if we are. So um, yeah, definitely your IT department, except that we're outsourced. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. And interesting uh, for anybody listening to this who is perhaps positioning themselves as an MSP with their clients. Man- uh, managed services is a term we tend to use internally within the industry, but clients not so much. So uh, I really like how you refer to yourself as an outsourced IT, IT department. Another observation I made, your work has seemed to have like a really strong focus on compliance uh, strategy. What led you to offer compliance services to your clients? Um, so it started off uh, here. So we're in Houston and we're the medical center of the world um, or the U.S. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm making it bigger than what it is. We Americans tend to do so. <laughs> um, but so we're here in the medical center and um, there is a ton of private healthcare. And so HIPAA was one of the things that we started to notice when we were looking at our our customer base. Um, HIPAA was something that stuck out. And so that's what we built our company off of. Um, The platform, the one service offering that I'm talking about, which I call it a platform, we built it with compliance in mind for those customers. And then slowly we realized there's other compliances um, that other companies have to abide by. And so while we started the niche in one area being HIPAA with um, the medical field, it slowly moved over to different aspects. So accounting and law firms, those that have to deal with HIPAA in a roundabout way as well. And so that's kind of where we realized, okay, this this platform serves across the board of compliance, uh, not just one specific one. And so it naturally grew in that direction. Um, Yeah. So when it came to the compliance aspect, we realized in our area, there wasn't many people that were um, handling the compliance aspect um, when it came to the technology part. And so making sure that they were able to not just check off boxes when it came to something like a security risk assessment, um, but actually have the data behind it. That's part of what we wanted to provide. And so that's how we came about it. Yeah, and I think it's really interesting. Way back in Tub Talk episode 56, I interviewed Robert Bohr of uh, UK-based Keepable, and they offer a GDPR as a as a service, a solution to MSPs, a platform uh, for doing it. And lots of people, when they look at compliance, whether it be HIPAA, GDPR, whatever, it's like, oh, yawn. It's something that gets in the way of us doing business. But it, it, I think it's a massive, massive opportunity for MSPs. Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. And that's, um, again, it's not just one and it's not stopping anytime soon. If anything, it's it's becoming more of a thing as we have security breaches coming online and then, uh, you know, as well as insurance companies um, getting in in the middle of things and saying, well, we don't want to offer um, liability insurance to anyone that doesn't have certain things in place. So now the compliance aspect is going to also feed into whether or not you get insurance. And as a business, you want that insurance. And so it's a massive opportunity. Yeah, totally agreed. Let's talk tools for a moment. You've already mentioned uh, uh, platforms and things like that. What are the primary tools that your MSP business is using at the moment? Good question. Um, So and I'm going to have a little bit of a tough time because we're in the transition of tool sets. <laughs> what, what, um, let me split the question up then. What, what was Sabino CompTech using prior to the, uh, to the merger? So we were using Kaseya tools. Um, so VSA, uh, BMS, um, and we were also using a lot of their ancillary products as we're trying to keep everything, trying to streamline and keep a lot of things in one place. Um, so now as we're moving over, um, some of those tool sets are different vendors, um, but same same stack, let's say. Um, yeah. And so it's that was one thing that was incredibly important for the MSP, um, for Sabino in, in general, was 
selecting the right tools that allowed us to build in those efficiencies that I'm talking about. Um, so making sure that they not only talk to each other, um, so we were able to automate across the board from BMS to VSA to MailChimp within our, our marketing, um, you know, but then also within within VSA, making sure that we were able to have the right specific tools to be able to automate so much, uh, so many aspects to the service delivery that we offered. Yeah, I'm intrigued as well. If I if I can take uh, Sabino CompTech, you sort of uh, settled on the Kaseya stack. Settled is the wrong word. Forgive me. You decided <laughs> to work on the Kaseya stack. Kaseya, I'm going to be listening to this. Ah, nobody settled on Kaseya. What I meant was you decided on the Kaseya stack. Um, and did you do that because of the benefits were working with a single sort of vendor for that? Because I'm seeing a growing trend in the industry, and I don't know if you've noticed this as well, lots of MSPs who are deciding to consolidate their tools with a single vendor for the benefits that it brings. Was was that any part of the decision or was it just organically that way? No, that that was definitely part of the decision. Um, it We were looking for we went from having tools in multiple different areas and it is so difficult trying to get them all into one place and to communicate together and to, you know, obviously there was some KPIs that we were able to get in place, but that um, it's not the same as being able to have it in one single place. And I don't want to say in a single pane of glass, because yeah. <laughs> I feel like that is so overused, but essentially, yes, that's, that's what we were looking for. Um, and so that's, that's, it was a decision that was made, you know, to have that uh, feeling. Um, and so now we're, we're basically doing the same thing. Uh, well, the other MSP had the same, Cinetech had the same thing in place just with a different vendor. Got it. That makes sense. What's your favorite thing about running an MSP, Nancy? Oh, so it has to be the people. Um, and, you know, so funny enough, I was um, talking to my husband last night about um, old cell phones. We were watching a documentary about um, uh springboard which was uh the creators of palm the pda and how they were essentially the very first smartphone before smartphones were smartphones um and so as we were watching this documentary i was remembering how i was an early adopter for technology as a as a teenager i would beg my parents for like the latest beeper and the the <laughs> latest cell phone and um the latest computer and that kind of thing i was never uh technical in that aspect um like i didn't want to take them apart or anything but what excited me was the end user experience and that is something that i have felt I've um, brought into the MSP world, which is what is the user experience going to be like and making sure that that is something that is a great experience for them. Uh, and so, you know, my own my own love of the technology experience is translated into what is my favorite part of running an MSP, which is how can we give our customers the best user experience, not only with us, but with the technology that they use. Oh, that, that's wonderful. Now, you, your husband, it's Angel, isn't it, your husband? Yes, like, yes. He was your co-founder, wasn't he, at uh, Sabino uh, Comtech that you mentioned. Uh, he still yes. works alongside you in the in the business now, right? Yes, yes, he does. He's uh, the VP of technology, so we get to stick together. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How do you find that balancing, you know, your personal and professional relationship? Um, so we've been together since high school. Um, so we're high school sweethearts. And so it's taking, it's, you know, 19 years in the making, I would say, of um of learning how to work together and um and being the team that we are. Um the balance of work and home uh, sometimes is non-existent. Um, <laughs> the kids help a lot with that aspect of reminding us, hey, uh, you have a life outside of work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's it's definitely difficult, but uh, we've we've managed to have some slivers of time where we say, okay, no work. Um, you know, 
discussions cannot be about work. They have to be about other things. So we talk about video games for him and we talk about books for me and, you know, things like that. But it, it is difficult. It is it is hard, um, but it's definitely doable. <laughs> yeah, I love it. So you're a book reader. What are you reading right now? Um, so I am in the middle of a couple of books <laughs> uh, right now. Same. I checked. I've got 11 books on the go at the moment. So if you're feeling worried about two, just think <laughs> I, I need to get a grip of my book habit. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I, I tend to... Um, like to read a nonfiction and a fiction book, um, you know, in tandem, I guess. And so right now I just started one. Let me pull it up because um, I don't remember the name, sadly. I just started it. Um, it is Dava Shastri's Last Day, which is the, the fiction book. And it is, I don't know if you know the show Secession. Yes, um, very popular okay. as well. Yes. So I love that show. And the uh, synopsis of this book was basically secession uh, in a book. And so I was like, yes, <laughs> I want to read that. <laughs> um, and then on the nonfiction side, uh, I am starting Good to Great by Jim Collins. Oh, wow. Well, I think you'll, you'll enjoy that one. That will be uh, that will be very good for you. Yes, it's my second time around. Um, so the first time that I read it was uh, way back when I was 2015. So during the Goldman Sachs um, program. And so I figured it's time to reread it and uh, see if my perspective has changed. <laughs> Isn't it interesting that we can read books at different points in our life and they can mean different things to us or they, the, the, the content can, can mean something different to us because our perspective has changed. Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. That That's something that I find um, to be incredibly interesting just because it's almost like the blue car effects. There's We're not seeing certain things because it's not in our view. And so because of that, um, we miss a lot of things. And so going back and rereading certain things, it's like, oh, you know what? This makes sense now because I've experienced it or, you know, my mind is open to certain aspects now. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I asked you earlier what your favorite thing about running an MSP is. The flip side of the coin, and I know your role has changed now after the merger, but prior to selling the MSP business, what was your biggest frustration about running an MSP? Oof. Um, the people. No. <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> you love the people, and they're also the biggest frustration. I can, I can totally empathize with that, yeah. Um. One thing that I found to be incredibly frustrating was um, the level of care given to technology. For me, understanding that it is the backbone of a business. It is how we run our businesses. If we don't have this technology, we can't we can't work and we can't grow. Um, and so, the frustrating part for me was always the lack of emphasis on on the technology, uh, you know, budgeting for it and making sure that we as business owners are paying attention to when certain technologies needed to be upgraded and things like that. That was always very frustrating um, and something that I tried to educate our customers on consistently and actually, um, you know, you did mention I am the host of the podcast Business Plus Tech Equals Success. And that's why I started that podcast was because um, ta not talking about the IT closet is a detriment to business. And so I wanted to bring that out and talk about that because it was one of my biggest frustrations as an MSP owner. Yeah, that, that totally makes sense. So you mentioned why you started the podcast. What benefits have you seen as a result of the podcast? And you came on my radar, Nancy, through the videos you record and share online. People were raving about them in the Tetri, the online community for MSPs and other places. So, yeah, but what benefits have you seen as a result of uh, the podcast and those videos? The, the education uh, of it. So customers are more educated. And so by the time that we have conversations, it's um, we're almost skipping a lot of the work that we've had to build up prior to because they it almost feels like they know and they've applied it to their business. And so 
that for, that has been something that is a tremendous benefit to us because by the time that we sit down with a customer or a prospect and talk about what are the upgrades that we need to do or what are the changes that we need to do, they're prepared for it. And that's something that, um, again, it was my frustration and I know it was a frustration for other people. Um, and so it, it almost bridged that gap um, and, and in a safe place for them because there's no pressure. You know, they're not sitting there talking to a salesperson or having to feel like they need to make a decision right now or, or especially when they don't understand. So they can hear or watch the videos and then go and do some research on their own and then feel like they are much more prepared and much more educated to have those conversations. Yeah, I love that. And I think video uh, podcasts are such an important part of the future of, of managed services for all the reasons that you've talked about. Now, I speak to so many MSP owners about video and they just say, well, I, I can't find the confidence to put myself in front of the camera. You're like an absolute rock star in front of the camera when it comes to things, come across so confidently in your videos and on your podcast. Is that a confidence that you felt naturally or is it something you've had to work at? Oh, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have had to work at it. Um, and so I am I am naturally an introvert. Um, and being putting myself out there was definitely a fear of mine. Um, so I had to uh, work on it slowly but surely. And, you know, I started off with um, 30 second videos, um, literally just quick and then, you know, I, I would turn beet red and then I could breathe afterwards. Um, and so little by little, I, I gave myself a little bit more exposure. I worked with a coach um, in order to accomplish that as well. So I, I did not do it on my own. And yeah, so it, it definitely took months and months and months of work um, consistently and slowly doing, you know, little chunks um, and increasing time as we went on. But that's and and you know starting off with no video um you know that that also helped just you know voice podcast um and then after that starting the video aspect yeah i think you know practice makes perfect is one of the things they say but it's just doing it isn't it getting it out there my a good friend or our mutual friend should say nigel moore of the tech tribe he said he was terrified of being on camera but he started using bonjoro and doing small videos for, for for new tech tribes say hi welcome to the tribe just as a almost as an excuse to get in front of the camera every single day and do it and then it just becomes uh, you know a natural thing doesn't it but uh, it does again you know kudos for you know your presence on the camera you come across incredibly well so uh, i think you will <laughs> probably surprise some people who have seen your videos and going oh wow you're about to work at that because we do assume people are born naturals. And that's rarely the case in, you know, in the interviews that I've done with people. So, yeah, I'm going to quote you now. Now I've heard you say before sales is marketing, before marketing is branding. And I think it's really rare to hear an MSP actively talking about branding. So tell me your thoughts on branding for MSPs, because it's something you do incredibly well. Well, thank you. Um, I it is a core belief that I have um, because branding we tend to think of it as a logo. We tend to think of it as company colors, which has a lot to do with it. But when it comes to the branding, I feel like that is the soul of the business, um, and so it is something that if you don't get it right it's not going to come across correctly, which means that that's not branding. Uh, you haven't branded correctly. And so uh, the way that I look at it is your branding is a unspoken language between every aspect of your business and how it comes across to your customers. Um, so it is the way that your service delivery is put together. It is the way that um, the communication between you and your team is, and then the communication between you and the customer. So it literally is to me, the soul of the business. And then you add the pretty things on top of that, which are the colors, uh, the logo, um, you know, the, the, verbiage that is used, the message that is given, all of those aspects come from the soul of the business. And that to me is branding. 
Um, so <laughs> I love that answer. And I know um, my good friend, uh, and we talk about amazing women in technology, uh, Claire Jenks, who um, I'm fortunate enough to have worked with me on, on Team Tub. Uh, her background is in uh, design and branding. She was the lady who was responsible for for the branding for Tub Talk and you know all the other uh, properties. That's going to be music to her ears. I'm going to have to connect <laughs> you two because you've got a kindred, kindred spirit there. But it is really rare to hear MSPs talk about branding. And I think it is super, super important. Yeah, um, I can tell you, uh, we've got something coming up for Cinetech um, at the beginning of the year. And uh, that is something that, um, you know, branding for my own business was something that came pretty easy to me because it the culture and the soul of the business came from what what I wanted, right? Um or what I saw, so my point of view. And now going into Cinetech and working on the branding of Cinetech, that has one has taught me some lessons. Um, but essentially it's it's applying those same principles to a, another business and realizing that you have to know the soul of that business and the culture around it. So I did a lot of surveying uh, when it came to the meaning of Cinetech, the meaning of, um, of the company itself and what we stand for, not just internally, but then externally as well. So that those are all things that went into the research behind uh, the branding that will be coming out soon so i'm excited for that <laughs> I, I look forward to it and this uh you know this podcast is due to go out at the start of 2022 so maybe it'll go out around the time your new branding uh, goes as well so we'll keep an eye out for that and for anybody listening and wants to follow that we'll, we'll make sure before the end of our conversation today that i ask nancy for all her contact details so you can follow online we'll include those in the show notes but talking of branding, I've already mentioned them once, but the Tech Tribe, which I think Nigel Moore has done an incredible job of uh, branding up. You're a fellow member of the Tech Tribe online community. What does being part of communities like the Tech Tribe bring to you and your business? Oh, my gosh, so much. Um, so that that's something that earlier on in my career, I was uh, very again, as being an introvert, I was very much to myself trying to figure things out on my own um, or between my husband and I. And a lot of the times we would go in circles and we would then, you know, go to the internet and try and find something, anything that would uh, break up that, that circular motion. And so having a community that you can go to from the very beginning, it saves you so much time, first of all, and so much headache and so much frustration. So that's something that for me has been incredibly insightful is just talking to other peers and seeing like, what do y'all do when it comes to situations like this? Um, and or just reading what other people are doing um, and being able to help. It's again, part of like a, a, a community that just is out there to help. And, you know, it's, it's a global community. So that's one thing that I think is different than maybe local communities, but even the local communities, it, it is not about competition. Um, that's one thing that I absolutely love about it. Um, nobody goes in there, like I'm trying to get something out of my competitors or anything like that. It's, it's genuine help because there's plenty of business out there for all of us yeah. and being able to just have other people that understand what you are going through is something that is incredible. Yeah. And my experience absolutely mirrors yours. My own MSP business, you know, before I sold it so many years ago was built, dare I say, off the back of collaboration and um, peer learning with other MSPs. And none of us saw each other as competition. You know, there's enough clients for everybody out there. So I, I could not agree more with what you uh, what you say there. We mentioned, you know, we've mentioned the Tech Tribe, obviously, you know, full disclosure, I've got a vested interest in that community. I'm a part of it. But are there any other communities that, that you're a part of? Do you get involved in, say, the Kaseya community as well? Um, we were just starting to get involved in the Kaseya community, uh, but obviously we uh, have to shift gears. <laughs> uh, sorry, Kaseya. <laughs> um, 
but uh, other than that, the ASCII community um, is is a community that I am part of. Um, then there's um, the MSP501 community um, that's part of Channel Futures. Um, and so there's there's quite a few. Um, and one interesting, uh, I guess it's not necessarily a community, but it feels like it, especially to me, because um, this is how I got to the, the sale. Um, there's podcasts out there um, of peers as well. And so uh, IT for Whiskey is one of the podcasts that I listen to. And um that's actually how I met Myron and uh, who is the owner of Cinetech. And through that, uh, he then introduced me to other communities uh, with the, with channel um, pros, the channel pro network, as well as um, ex they have the events exchange, uh, which is uh, the channel company. Um, so there's so many communities out there and um, each one of them are completely different they have a different culture and they all bring something different um to you know what as an msp you can learn yeah and we'll include all of those communities and more the podcast that you mentioned as well in the show notes here because i want to encourage everybody listening to this there is a wealth of information out there there's a wealth of people like Nancy who want to help and want to uh, work together with you to raise the bar in the entire industry so um, yeah go and check out those things now I've, I want to ask a question where, you know, uh, during this season, we're talking to amazing women in technology like yourself, Nancy. How have you found being a female CEO of an MSP and now VP of sales and marketing in what we've got to be honest is a largely male dominated sort of MSP industry? How have you found that experience? That's a good question. <laughs> um, so I... At the very beginning, I would have to say I was very intimidated um, and a little bit of, oh, I say a little bit, but it's more like a lot of the uh, imposter syndrome um, would play a large part into how I felt um, just feeling like an outsider. Um, but again, with the communities that I am a part of, uh, I started to learn and realize that there's a lot more um, uh, partners out there. You know, there's there's a lot more support, um, and you know, having mentors within the industry as well was something that it would help me tremendously. And now I feel like um, it's it's a matter of there are few women um, out there, but between us and our allies, it's something that we're going to change. Um, and that's, I think that's something that is encouraging for me. And, and the reason why I want to put myself out there is not just, you know, for my, my own self, but, um, and to help other MSPs, but to other, to have, to give exposure to other women and to young girls um, that, hey, you you can fit in this industry. There is a place for you. And there's allies here that want to help support you and to, um, you know, make sure that your experience is a good one and that you're able to use your voice and uh, make a difference within the industry as well. Yeah. Well, it, talking of encouraging girls into our industry, you're a past president of Nerdy Girl Success Inc. And as I understand it, it's a charity that's like changing the, the landscape of leadership. You're supporting and preparing young women to become business decision makers, you know, in this industry. What would you say, Nancy, that the MSP industry specifically needs to do to encourage more amazing young women into our space? Well, first, supporting organizations like this, um, you know, organizations like this are they're looking at what point in time are young girls typically veering off the path of more STEM um, careers. And so, you know, that's something that we can help support organizations like that because they're they're taking that data and making sure that they are at 
at in those critical moments for girls, putting in the right uh, support systems as well as the right exposure to them. So uh, part of, although I'm not um, the president of the organization anymore, uh, I'm still supporting it in mentoring girls as well as you know speaking to girls about my experience within the MSP environment that are interested in technology um, so bringing exposure to them so if you are able to talk more about what you do with young girls that you know even show a little bit of an interest that can make a huge difference um, and just encouraging them to um, you know, broaden their horizons when it comes to the career paths that they're looking at. Um, and on top of that, the leadership aspect of it all is something that is, um, you know, it's something that we have to encourage because you can you can be a leader uh, without being the CEO. You can be a leader in whatever position you are in. And so making sure that they have the right support systems to know that and to follow on that is uh, something that I think MSPs can do. Oh, wonderful, wonderful to hear that. And thank you for all that you do in the industry as a whole to sort of raise awareness of this because I... From this season, speaking to other amazing women in tech like yourself, Nancy, I'm really inspired for what the future of the industry might be because I think we are moving in the right direction. It's a slow-moving ship, but thanks to yourself and others, I think you know there is a bright future ahead for for you know uh, in, encouraging girls and women into IT and diversity in IT as well. So thank you for everything you do in this area. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, coming towards the end of our time together, I mentioned the future. You, you know, you're somebody with your finger on the pulse of the industry. That should be clear to anybody who's listening uh, to our conversation today. What do you see as the next big thing for managed service providers? Is there anything you think upcoming in the next sort of three to five years that MSPs listening should be aware of? Oof. Um, well, we talked about compliance being a, a huge, um, a huge opportunity and something that is is going to um, affect the MSP world greatly. Um, you know, the other aspects of it is making sure that we are walking our own, like, uh, what is it? Talking? No. Walking the talk? Talking the walk. <laughs> <laughs> whichever that is uh, walking the talk yeah walking the talk there you go <laughs> within our own organizations um and you know those those are all things that are going to impact uh especially as in the u.s there's more regulations being put in place and there's talks of um there actually being regulations, uh, federal regulations and things like that. So those are all huge opportunities that are going to be coming up. Um, one other aspect is, I think, on the vendor side of things, um, there's a consolidation of, of vendors, of products within vendors. And so making sure that as MSPs, we are holding vendors accountable is something that is going to be uh, huge, I think, coming up. Uh, and I mean accountable in the sense of transparency. You know, mm -hmm. um, it, as, as the buyers, we have the buying power and we have to remember that. Um, one of... Uh, one of uh, my good friends, and I, I don't know if you know him, Colin Knox, um, he, he's working on um, a product that will work on that um, in helping us MSPs have some of that transparency with vendors so that we can regain some of that buying power. Um, and so that's something that I feel like is going to take off. Um and beyond that, I think uh, obviously the landscape of MSPs is going to change with the acquisitions and the mergers that are happening um, so much uh, lately. And so I think, you know, as an MSP evaluating when is the right time to um, to sell and when is the right time to merge and or when is the right time to grow and buy yourself um, are all things that are going to be um, hot topics over the next few years. Yeah, absolutely. You know, Nancy, I've so enjoyed our conversation today and I virtually guarantee this is going to be an episode that people have to listen to two or three times, not because you haven't made things clear, but 
there are so so much information that you've delivered here so many so much value and i think people i would encourage people to go back and listen to this again and again because there's uh, lots of good stuff uh, to pick up if anybody listening uh, to this wants to contact you to continue the conversation wants to find you online uh, to watch your videos listen to your podcast how can they connect with you yeah, um, so LinkedIn is um, a great way to find me, uh, Nancy Sabino. <laughs> and uh, also online, uh, you can find our YouTube uh, pages, which might change um, here shortly. But uh, right now they're under Sabino CompTech. Um, there'll be some changes uh, within that, but yeah, you can just find me. <laughs> uh, I'm not hiding anywhere. <laughs> not a difficult lady to find online and we appreciate you for it, but we'll include all of uh, Nancy's details in the show notes as well. So you can go and seek out our videos, podcasts, anything that we've talked about today, uh, we will put into the show notes as well. Nancy, it's been a long time coming for you and I to have this conversation. Totally, totally worth it. Thank you so much for being an awesome guest today. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. I look forward to speaking to you again in the future. Thanks everyone for joining us today. I will look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Tub Talk. Hey folks, Richard here. Thanks for listening today. I know you've got a ton of options for who you listen to nowadays, so I really appreciate your support. Do you have any feedback on this episode? Ideas for future guests? Tweet me at Tublog using the hashtag TubTalk. I respond to every tweet and really appreciate your feedback. This season of Tub Talk is brought to you by Barracuda MSP. Every 11 seconds, there's a new ransomware attack. There are so many ransomware attacks, governments are now classifying them as terrorism. You've seen the news. Oil pipelines, universities, corporations, all paying millions of dollars. It's not just big companies that are being targeted. Small and medium-sized businesses are becoming victims too. So what are you as an MSP doing to help your clients from becoming the next statistic? Barracuda MSP is here to help ensure you and your clients are prepared and protected against the inevitable ransomware attack. One, attacks start with an innocent looking email that tricks users into revealing usernames and passwords. Barracuda MSP can train your clients on your behalf to recognize an attack and enable you to deploy anti-phishing technology. Two, secure clients' web applications. File sharing services, web forms, and e-commerce sites often have weak points hackers are looking for. If hackers get into these applications, they go after business data. Protect access to these applications so hackers can't get onto your your client's network. Three, backup is a must. Today's solutions make it simple and fast to protect archives and backup or restore an up-to-date copy of an entire server or an individual file. Let Barracuda MSP help you strengthen your ransomware protection plans. As a special offer for TubTalk listeners, visit barracudamsp.com forward slash TubTalk and receive a free first month on any subscription you start with Barracuda MSP. That's barracudamsp.com forward slash TubTalk and receive a free first month on any subscription you start with Barracuda MSP. Hey team, this is Richard again. Just one more thing before you take off and that is MSP Insights. Now every Tuesday I share my thoughts on the business of IT with you, the managed service community. Thousands of managed service providers already subscribe to MSP Insights. It's easy to sign up, easy to cancel. MSP Insights is basically a short email from me every Tuesday without fail with advice on growing your IT business plus cool resources I found, discovered or started exploring that week. It's kind of like my diary of cool things and often includes articles or books I've read, tools I've discovered and events I think you'd be interested in, often sent to me by my friends and Tub Talk podcast guests. So if that sounds fun, a short tiny bite of MSP goodness every Tuesday and you'd like to try it out, just go to go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. That's go.tub.co forward slash Tuesday. Drop in your email and you'll get the very next one. Thanks for listening.